Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. At ViStar, we believe in better. Our members now have access to more than 20,000 fee-free ATMs across North America. If you believe that convenience is better, join ViStar. We never forget that it's your money. All loans subject to approval, insured by NCUA. And now, from the Daytona Beach News Journal. And he is a lap away from the checkered flag in the Daytona 500. The voice of NASCAR. Austin Dillon wins the 60th running of the Great American Race. Daytona Motor Miles with Ken Willis and Godwin Kelly. Willis Goblin, Kelly Goblin. Uh, in the next uh, 20 minutes or so, we're going to talk a little bit of racing, but uh, somewhere in there, I warn you now, I'm going to sneeze. I feel it. It is way up in that sinus cavity, making its way, making its way. So don't be alarmed, okay? I'm warning you now. It's going to come. Can we, edit, sure. can we edit that out or no, not? No. Hell no. You don't edit anything out. You, it's, we're a fully uh, organic here. <laughs> I think, or whatever the hell you call it. Anyway, we're going to talk a little Kyle Busch. We're going to talk a little bit about first-time winners, uh, a little uh, review of the wrestling match from from uh, Phoenix. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, Junior's, Junior's Indy 500 uh, possibilities. What? You heard me. And uh, we'll, and we'll end it all with the birthday game, <laughs> as usual. And uh, that's about it. Anyway, we'll get started right after this. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. What do you know? What do you know, Mr. Kelly? What do you know? Do you know? Do you know? Do I know? Did what you, do you know? Did you have Tony Stewart on there? I did not, but I can add him in there. I yeah. Can add him in. Yeah, why don't we do that right now so that well, we talk, don't... Well, t- all right. Tell me, what happened last night? You went to a little uh, soiree, which is a shindig, right? You're using all these big words. Yeah. Shindig is not big. <laughs> But anyway, what, what tell, tell, tell me what you did and what you got. Okay, so this was the 31st annual Motorsports Hall of Fame of America it's induction ceremony. A mouthful. And I believe it's the fourth time they've had it here since the uh, Hall of Fame moved here. Yeah, it moved here from the Detroit area, didn't it? Yeah, Novi, Michigan. Yeah, yeah. Novi. Yep. And uh, so as part of the class last night, um, I don't, off the top of my head, I don't remember all of them all, but um, Tony Stewart. Dario Franchitti was in and there. And Dario. And um, uh, my favorite was the uh, Schumacher, right? Was there a Schumacher? 
Well, there was a drag racing Schumacher. Right. And that's then, the one I meant. Then the at-large. Yes. <laughs> they have them broken down in categories. They're less like on the on the itinerary, it'll say like in the honorees, it'll say Tony Stewart, uh, stock cars, basically. Right. Uh, it'll say Dario Franchitti, open wheel. Right. Uh, uh, the Schumacher fellow, uh, drag racing. And then you got people, you know, you've had over the years some media members, uh, team owners, sponsors, whatever. Uh, go, going in. Well, Linda Vaughn, the old Miss Hearst Golden Shifter from way back when, uh, was <laughs> goes into the, uh, this Hall of Fame, and in parentheses after her name, it says, at large. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that must have got a few chuckles. Last and, night. and she was just loving it. Yeah, I bet. She loved the attention, yeah. and uh, she was having a big time, I guarantee you that yeah. right now. Yep. So, uh, but anyway, before everything really got started over there, yep. Uh, again, this was local in Daytona Beach Shores at the the Shores Resort and Shores Spa. Resort and Spa. Back in the day, that used to be our Hilton. That was our first Hilton. Yeah, Daytona Beach. And uh, I had a memorable experience there. Oh boy! Pause. Yeah. Pause. Yeah. Um, it was during the summer race, and um, Harry Gant's team said, "Hey, you want to do? Uh, you want to interview Harry? You know, he's going to be here early for the summer race." Yeah. And I said, "Sure. Where do I go?" And they said, "Go to the Daytona Hilton. Ask for Harry. Can't hide money." So uh, I go to the Hilton. I'm thinking that we're going to meet in the restaurant, in the bar, or lobby, or somewhere. Yeah. And Harry says, "Just come on up." Oh, so yep. I go up there. He answers the door. He's wearing nothing but boxer shorts. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Handsome Harry. <laughs> <laughs> so <clears throat> that was a bit of an uncomfortable interview for yep. whatever reason. But uh, mm-hmm. he was very friendly, and uh, <laughs> I, I got what I wanted. <laughs> anyway, going back to last night. Um, so I got to talk to Tony and Jimmy. Jimmy Johnson yeah, I didn't yeah, why was he there? Well, it turns out that they've got a bromance. They've had a bromance for like eight years. Jimmy and Tony? Yes. Interesting. Yeah. And uh, he's Tony Stewart said he was the first guy on his, the only name on the list to, you know, in, to present him at the induction ceremony. I never knew that. I didn't either. I was like. It's interesting. I was wildly amused. Yeah. So anyway, uh, before it all got... Opposites attract. Yeah. So anyway, before it all got together, uh, came together last night, Mm -hmm. uh, I had a chance, a little little one-on-one with Tony Stewart. So we got a little... did he go down to his boxers there in the lobby? (laughs) No, no. He was was dressed to the nines. Yes. How about you? I tried. I did my best, you know. I've got my blue blazer and my good blue shirt what? blue blazers you know, <laughs> yeah. i try but it was uh, mostly like tuxedos holy moly yeah not my kind of crowd yeah so anyway here's a clip from our interview last night with tony stewart it's, uh, you know after being at the reception last night and breakfast this morning uh, seeing all the, the great inductees that have been inducted in the past it's uh, it's very humbling to be a part of that group now and, and something I, because I'm still racing, I guess I never even thought about that. I never, I don't feel like, you know, normally when you think about, about being in a Hall of Fame, you're thinking about the end of your career, and I'm sitting there like, this feels like the second chapter of my career starting and not the end of it, so uh, 
mean, it's, it was a little bit of a surprise. It was a big surprise, actually, not a little bit of a surprise, but a huge surprise. Uh, at the same time, very humbling and uh, very excited about it. It's fun because Dario and, uh, and I were talking yesterday, and I'm like, I'm not even sure what category I'm getting inducted in. So, uh, you know, short track racing, IndyCar, and NASCAR, it's, uh, it's been fun, and uh, I'm excited about the group of people that are here. I mean, it encompasses all of motorsports, and uh, there's a lot of all the crossover between you know, the drag racing guys and motorcycle guys and everything in between. Uh, I have a lot of friends all the way across the board, and to see a lot of them all here at the same time is pretty, pretty neat. All right, that's it. That was uh, Tony Stewart. It's good to see Tony in town. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I know he, he. He, I think he actually probably enjoyed coming to town for this more than he used to like coming here in February and July. <laughs> he was no fan of plate yeah, racing. Yeah, you know, they actually this is actually a two day event that the uh-huh. Motorsports Hall of Fame of America does, and so the first day they do uh, like a breakfast and then a reception, right? And then the second day they do a lunch and then the banquet. It's a lot and, of eating, and he was there for every event. Really? Yeah. So, um, you know, he really enjoyed himself. He really nice. had fun. That little Hall of Fame is uh, picking up steam, it seems like. Yeah, there there's yeah. a lot of uh, familiar faces in that room, yeah. guarantee you. It's a great Hall of Fame because it covers everything. I mean, airplane racers, uh, hydroplanes, guys, if, any, if it raced, it's pretty much represented there, right? If it raced, it's represented. And, That's, has, and well, I was going to say, and if it has wheels, but but the hydroplanes don't have wheels, only the trailers carrying them. So there you go, indirectly. <laughs> yeah. um, so anyway, that was fun. I'm, you know, we were super happy that they're here. Yep. Um, they're they've established themselves now at Daytona International Speedway, mm-hmm. and. Um, that's that. So, what's next on the agenda? I wonder if they ever think that, boy, we should have put the NASCAR Hall of Fame in Daytona, you know, at the Speedway, have a built-in audience several times a year. They put in a fantastic bid. Yep. I mean, well, I think that fix was in from the start when they started traveling from city to city, looking at the, where they were going to put it. Well, that's what David Poole always said. Yeah, that, that was just a dog and pony show, and that fix was in. But I, I do, I do think that I mean, it's a it's a great facility. You know, it's a great facility, and they run it right. But downtown Charlotte is probably not the ideal place at the track. At least if you, if you had a major speedway, Daytona or Charlotte, at least you got a built-in audience several times a year. You know, big audience, too, several times a year. But their loss is the Motorsports Hall of Fame of America's gain, right? Yeah. Okay. So, you, <laughs> you know, one one door closes and another opens. That's very deep. Speaking of doors, <laughs> I've got nothing. I do know this, though. Kyle Busch is now at 199 wins and uh, – and you know, one more. You know, Richard Petty famously had 200 Cup Series wins in his uh, unmatched career. Uh, 201 wins if you count his convertible series race right across everything. But he didn't run the old late model sportsman. He didn't run the Bush Series. He didn't. They didn't have a truck series. Right. Uh, you know, Kyle has these opportunities and takes advantage of them. And he's now he's at a little bit under a thousand starts. Petty had a little bit over 1,100 starts in Cup. Uh, Kyle's at 199 wins at about 990 starts across all three series. And uh, I'm just – it's a it, – you can look at it both ways. I mean, he's beaten up on lesser talent when he wins 90-something Bush Series races, 50-something truck races. But at the same time, 
other guys could go down there and run those races too. They just don't for whatever reason. He does it for, I'm sure, at least two reasons. He enjoys it, plus it helps his race team financially for him to go down and run. Um, I mean, just when you look at that number, and God knows where it's going to end up, I mean, how unique or just what is your overriding thought when you just think about the ungodly amount of race trophies that he's collecting? Well, i got to think that at some point he's just going to back out of start backing away from the trucks and the Xfinity. Yeah. Just, you know, you get to a certain age and it's like, you know, but he's, it. he's it. there now, you would think. I mean, he's been he's been at it. He's old for a racer because he started so young. Yeah. And I mean, he started in the big league young. So yeah. he's been doing the worldwide travel for 15, 16 years. Yeah. 17 years. But it just gets old. I, I mean, I'm surprised he does it now, to be honest. Well, with but you. he owns a race team. Yeah. He owns a race team and he drives those vehicles when he goes down into Bush and uh, well, trucks, which Dale which helps Earnhardt the Jr. Line. owns a race team. Yep. And he does one race a year. Yeah. So. Well, but he's not. He, yeah. I see what you're saying, yeah. but his, but he's not going to. He's made it clear that he's not going to race anymore. Basically, right. I'm surprised he's doing. He's doing Darlington, Darlington. Bush race at Darlington, Darlington. I'm telling. If if you're worried about if you're worried about wrecking and don't really want to <laughs> scramble your eggs anymore, I mean, I don't know. That's I, that might not be near the top of my list. It must have been, but it's he loves Darlington. He loves that old stuff. He loves it, and uh, so maybe that you know he's willing to risk it for that. We're going to talk about Junior a little bit more here in a little bit. Well, if I was, if it was up to me, yeah, I'd just, and I was like getting older, and I, you know, lost a step. I'd go to Martinsville. Yeah, just you, you can. You say that, but you go, my God, those are you're turning laps there quickly, and you really got to be up on that wheel constantly. I would think that would maybe wear on you more of a physical thing. How about uh, Pocono? You just Pocono. get on that back. You get on that stretch at Pocono. And you just lay back, get your lean on, <laughs> get your lean on, turn on, find a find a uh, find a nice hey, radio station. Hey, you do have to do the shift at the start finish line. Yeah, right? that's true. Yeah, well, that that keeps you awake. Yeah. That's it. Uh, real quick before we get out of what do you know? We've had four different winners through the first four weeks uh, in the NASCAR this week weekly NASCAR this week page and a newspaper near you we each took a shot at who's going to be the fifth different winner this week assuming we get one and you went with uh Kyle Larson yeah it's kind of an easy pick everybody's assuming but he's been it's been a while been a while well he his first four wins were at yeah at California and Michigan I see what you did there he's that's where he feels the most comfortable I went a little bit uh, out on the limb just a hair bit not much but I'm I'm thinking Kurt Busch he's been I mean he's right there every week I mean he's running great week after week after week and you know he knows how to win so I'm going to go Kurt Busch just because uh, Kyle Larson was kind of obvious. And I think, uh, um, shoot, who we got so far? Kyle, Joey, Denny, um, Brad. Harvick would be an obvious one. Yeah. yeah be an obvious. Nobody, nobody's, neither one of us has mentioned Jimmy Johnson. <laughs> Tony Stewart's best friend. Uh, well, he's, as Jimmy said, they're a work in progress still, you yeah. know, and he's working with a new crew chief, blah, blah, blah. Aren't we all? Et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. All right, we'll be right back. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. 
Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back with you'll get that in big time auto racing. You know what you get sometimes, Mr. What? Kelly? What? Hurt feelings, frayed nerves, uh, a little bit of what the ball players used to call the red ass, you know, get a little yeah. pissed off. So that was Suarez and Michael McDowell. How, what, what was your, uh, that was kind of caught me by surprise when I was uh, kind of thumbing through the news pages and said, holy moly. Yeah. You know, during qualifying, these two guys, uh, Suarez gets a little irritated well, that McDowell well, uh, jumps them. Quali- the qualifying's like a little race now. Yeah. So it's- and they've got to find another way because they're trying to game the system. Guys are sitting there until the last couple minutes of the of the round to go out, and they're trying to, you know, it's just it has a bad look, you know. I don't like the way it looks. Remember the time at Daytona when they tried to group qualifying and it just went horribly wrong? Yeah. Yeah, there's got to be a better way, and the better way is not single-car qualifying (laughs) because that's just tedious. But What about the way ARCA does it, where they send them out six at a time? I like that. But you got to go out. You can't wait. No. I mean, they say, okay, these six are going now. These six are going now. Yeah, yeah. So that's not bad. Yeah, something it's worth trying. Arca is now under the big one, big happy family umbrella, the NASCAR well, umbrella. They're the so, they're the test series. They are the uh, proving grounds. Yeah, yeah. But that was just an odd combination, McDowell and Suarez, though. Wouldn't you think? I could have seen, I, but you know, it's always the ones you're not expecting. Um, I would have thought by now Ricky Stenhouse would have somebody would have been in his face because he's in the middle of all kind of stuff. I didn't record it, yeah. but in, in conversations around Tony Stewart, yeah, he talked about it because Suarez drives for Tony, now. right? And he was like proud as he could be, yeah, because <laughs> he, he says you got to, you know, if 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 you feel like you've been wrong, you got to defend your honor, basically, yeah. And, Your Honor? Yeah. So uh, he had no problem with his driver. Well, I, I would guess not. No. Yeah. So uh, so anyway, it just shows you, though, that how there's this pr- pressure on these guys to yeah. perform and, you know, please their sponsors. And so Mc, what happened with Suarez was he took Mc, – McDowell took Suarez out of the top 24, basically. Right. And then uh, that that meant that he couldn't advance to the next round. Yep. And, and he that, probably <clears throat> he probably had a handful of uh, muckety mucks from the uh, from the sponsor. Might have been exactly. there that day in the suite. Exactly. Yep. So yeah. Uh, yeah. So there's a lot of you, you, yeah. people don't realize the pressure on these guys to perform. It's yeah. just unbelievable. Uh, you know what else you'll get in big time auto racing sometimes? Why Publi- publicity stunts sometimes? So uh, I don't know. I would. I don't think it. F- that's kind of that would be to dismiss it, uh, calling it a stunt. But it was a, a nice little publicity gatherer. Let's say when Tim Cendrick, Penske Racing. You know who I'm talking about? Yeah. Uh, one of one of Roger's top lieutenants, Tim Cendrick. Uh, was at the St. Pete Grand Prix, which opened the IndyCar season last week or week four. I don't know. All runs together. And he uh, tweeted, which is the way everybody does these days. He he tweeted. That's how you communicate. Yeah. um, 
that uh, he invited, basically invited Junior Earnhardt to get in the Penske Tester, the Penske Test IndyCar, uh, prior to the Indy 500 in May. Apparently, Rusty Wallace did this several years ago when he was part of the NBC broadcast team that was doing the 500. And uh, Rusty got in a Penske car, test car. And uh, just to get a feel, see what it felt like down there on that track, in that car, with all those G-forces and all that. Granted, he wasn't doing 220-something like the pole winner, but uh, he was going fast i assume and so they've uh, invited junior to do the same uh junior's already you know basically proved that he's willing to tempt fate by racing at darlington um which you know can grab you by the collar pretty quick is this something like if you're him i would love to see what one of them cars feels like now I'm not going to do anything that's going to make me uncomfortable, but I'd like to just see how it would feel to be in one of them cars where where you're going faster than you've been before, and if you want to make a dead left turn there at the end of the straightaway, which I recommend doing, by the way, because the alternative is not very good. No. Uh, I would like to see what it would feel like to just go ahead and do that and have that car just do exactly what you want it to do as if it's by magic. That would be awfully tempting. I wonder you? I wonder how fast you have to go, though, to get that uh that downforce effect. I mean, there's. I think there's a certain. Yeah. Like he can't go in there like at 150 because yeah. I don't think the downforce is there to hold the car. Yeah. So you have to reach a certain limit to be able to do that. All right, damn it, I'm out. All right, I thought, <laughs> you talked me out of it. I was ready to throw my but head. Just in the imagine, uh, as you said, you're going down the front straight at Indy, going 220. Yeah. yeah. And you don't there's you can't see the turn. Right. I mean, you, there's there's no turn. You see a wall. It's just an end of a straightaway, yeah. basically. Yeah. And then you just got to get hit your mark. Hit that mark. Make start making that turn before you even like see the turn. Really. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I mean, if he wants to do it, that's his business. Yeah. But uh, yeah, but as far as PR stunt, yeah, boy, that'd be great. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, we'll think it over. We'll mull it over, and I'm gonna try to uh, I'm gonna try to uh, scrounge up some guts and and, and uh, intestinal fortitude. I call it, and then I'm gonna call Mr. Cendrick. I don't think uh, they, you know, I don't think I could do it because I don't think they have a big enough tub, as they call it. <laughs> AJ from, got in them things. You could do it. He got he got in kind of sideways. Yeah, <laughs> scrunched on in. <laughs> yeah. All right, we'll be right back. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back to close out another Daytona Motor Mouse with Green, White, and Checkers. Ken Willis, Goblin, Kelly. Um, before we play the birthday game and get out of here, uh, this week, <coughs> Sebring is this week, Saturday, the 12 hours of Sebring. Uh, is that, I mean, IMSA, NASCAR, you know, they, they're the overlords of IMSA, the same people that run NASCAR, basically, uh, you know, Jim France has a, keeps a close eye on IMSA which is his preference he would he would be fully keeping a close eye on him so 
if all had gone well. Um, and so, therefore, IMSA's Sebring is getting a little bit of its cachet back. But, boy, I tell you, I mean, are you – did you pay enough attention to it when you were a kid to remember the years when Sebring was – was a thing was really a thing no no okay next topic <laughs> but this is the 67th annual yeah. sebring and they run it on part is it all on a the old airport or it's is it part of it on part the old of an old airport and they obviously in 67 years they've changed the track here yeah. and there and all that but um i talked to three different drivers yeah uh ricky taylor Juan Pablo Montoya oh, and Ryan Briscoe. Name dropping. And Ryan Briscoe, former Florida heavyweight champion. Yeah. Yeah. And so I asked them, uh, basically, it was pretty cut and dry. It's like, do you like Daytona or do you like Sebring? Yeah. And their answers are kind of funny. Okay. So, but that's in a story that'll be online at the newsjournalonline.com. Oh, when? Um, later today. I can't wait. Yeah. I know Sebring's rough. It's an old airfield there, and it's, they say it's rough. It bounces you around quite a bit. Yeah. But Daytona has some dips and darts, well, too. It's funny. One of them, I can't remember which driver, but he said, you know, when the when the concrete starts to flake and stuff yeah. in certain areas, they just patch concrete over it. Nice. And he says they don't, he, they don't like pour new concrete or anything they just patch it and go cool and he said <laughs> and then i i do remember ricky uh taylor telling me that um there's one turn he said turn one the it's so bumpy on the outside that if you come up against um you know like a yugo racing on the inside <laughs> you have to follow the yugo through turn one because because the bumps on the outside are so bad and yeah will tear your car up this is on the course sounds like a blast (laughs) and then he said uh he said the fan base there and this is a challenge to all you rolex 24 at daytona fans uh, he said the fan base uh, for the uh, 12 hours of sebring Mm -hmm. is the wildest group of people in the world yeah and he said that um when they won the race two years ago he was in the car and uh he said a turn 10 they had set a couch on fire yeah. to celebrate. Yeah, like a West Virginia football game. Yeah. Uh, remember, we used to always sit up uh, after the 500. We'd sit years ago. We'd sit in the press box. About the time we were finally getting done working, nightfall would come, and at one point, you know, about within two or three hours after the race. We would say, there it is. We'd yeah. look somewhere in the infield. Somebody had set a piece of furniture on fire, and there'd be like slightly out of control fire going yeah. on down there. Well, a few times the camper caught fire. Oh, yeah. yeah. The old days. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well. Hey, y'all, watch this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to play the birthday game and get out of here. It's going to be a short one this week. We're kind of we're kind of slow on well, birthdays good, this week. because you hurt my brain last year okay. or last week. All right. Well, here we go. It's, it's only We only have two. For the coming week, two noteworthy, two noteworthy birthdays. I'm sure there's a lot more. Uh, tomorrow, Thursday, March, I think, 16th? Yeah, I think. Yeah. Anyway, Eric Almarola. Mm. Eric Almarola has a birthday coming up tomorrow. He does. Eric? Eric with an A. Oh, uh, it's Eric with an A, not with a, <laughs> yep. with a K. 
Er, Eric Jones with a K and er, yeah, that's right. I forgot. You, you have to. Eric's got. They go. NASCAR you, has an Eric with a K and an Eric with an A. You come to NASCAR and your name's Eric. It has to be spelled funny. Yeah. Who's going to be the next one? E R two R's or Eric <laughs> Rhett? Remember him, the running back, Eric. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, how old is Eric Almarola going to be tomorrow? Eric Almarola is going to be thirty-five. Bingo! Really? Nice job. I hit that one. You did. Got one more. Can you go two for two next Monday? Mm-hmm. Truex. Truex? Ryan Truex. Oh, Ryan. <laughs> Ryan Truex next Monday. It's Ryan. Ryan's a kid I think brother. there in that Bush series, yep. But he's a kid brother, right? I, I think so. So Ryan's got to be, let's see, uh, minus. I'm going to say 29. Did you? I, I swear to God, you cheated. There's no. not a chance in hell you got Ryan Truex's birthday. Are you serious? Did you? You did, no, look at I me. I didn't. I didn't. You, you nailed them both. I didn't. I didn't look them up. You have your mojo back finally. Yeah, yeah it had been kind of wishy washy there for a while, but it's back. Well, you Pretty know what? Good. I think we should celebrate. Yeah, I've got the uh, dad joke book here. Okay. And uh, it's bad jokes and puns inspired by dads. Okay. And um, I think. I think Chris Bridges gave me this. Oh, okay. And uh, so joke 173 is... <laughs> That's one of my favorites. Uh, that reminds me of a joke. Why should you never buy a cardboard belt? Why should you never buy a cardboard belt? Don't know. It's just a waste of paper. <laughs> it's a dad joke. Yeah, it's a dad joke. All right. A, yeah. Dad rhymes got, with bad. I've got many okay. more of these to okay. share with us. I can't wait. Now we got to keep podcasting until you get, <laughs> go through the book. All right, Ken Willis, Galvin Kelly, till next week. Uh, this is the Daytona Motormouths. Thank you. See ya. Thank you for listening to this episode of Daytona Motormouths. To reach the program, please visit DaytonaMotormouths.com or follow on Twitter at NASCAR Daytona or Facebook at NASCAR Daytona. And thanks for joining us. Daytona Motormouths is a production of the Daytona Beach News Journal. Thank you for listening to this episode of Daytona Motormouths. To reach the program, please visit DaytonaMotormouths.com or follow on Twitter at NASCAR Daytona or Facebook at NASCAR Daytona. And thanks for joining us. Daytona Motormouths is a production of the Daytona Beach News Journal. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.